Welcome back. In this podcast mini-series, we're talking to first-time founders and entrepreneurs on their origin story. From the spark of their idea to the rise of their startup, this is their story with all the juicy details so that we can learn and be inspired by their journey. This episode is with Cephas Simmons of Sealcath. He is a longtime clinician and he's seen and dealt with the problems associated with catheters. He wanted to deal with it once and for all, and so he invented a new catheter. With his product, what can normally take 20 minutes to install can now be shortened to three minutes and with minimal fuss and medical impact. This life-saving product is sound, the concept is proven, the funding is largely in place, but now he looks to scale and extend his product line and increase his distribution across the healthcare industry. Now let's turn to Lauren Cephas as they talk about his origin story. All right, listeners, we are taking a break from our normal podcast of note uh, story format and actually allowing some really early stage founders take the mic and kind of share uh, their backstory, where they are under this umbrella, what we're calling becoming the origin story. And so in this episode, uh, I'm really excited to have this company called Seal Cat. And without stealing any of his thunder, I will let uh, this founder introduce himself, who they are, and then we'll jump into some of the real meat of, of what he's doing. So. I give the floor to you. Uh, Cephas, go ahead and, and who you are and what you're doing. So hi, my name is Dr. Cephas Simmons and I'm the uh, founder and CEO of SealCath. Uh, SealCath came about about seven years ago in 2013. I guess it's been a little bit more than that. One one afternoon I was coming in, got called in to do a uh, procedure, an interception reduction procedure. And uh, that procedure is where the kids bow telescopes upon itself. And this five-year-old, when I came in, um, was very lethargic, uh, had a lot of problems going on, and we went in to do this reduction procedure. Um, and the requirement for this procedure is to have a, a catheter that you can put in the uh, rectum to uh, seal it off so that we can add air in order to reduce this, uh, this obstruction. And doing the procedure, we, every time we would put air in, air would leak out. Uh, and it took us 40 minutes to do this procedure, which in the normal situation, it takes us about 20 minutes. Um, so after the procedure, I was a little frustrated because it took too long and, and, you know, I wanted to make sure that the kid was okay. Um, so I went back and did some research to try to find out if there was another way or another product available that we could use instead of the uh, single balloon catheter that we were using. And after all research, I found that there wasn't anything. And that's where the name SealCath came from is when I um, started to, uh, to, to do the R&D uh, research to find a, a product that would work. And after after some animal testing, we found a product, um, which is a double balloon catheter that's now known as the Cephas catheter that works well. Um, we've been on the market now since 2019 with a latex version and it's been doing well. Um, that same procedure that took us 40 minutes, we were able to reduce a kit in, in, in as little as three minutes. So we've, we've gotten some good results um, clinically and we're looking forward to our, our next track as far as our new generations that's coming out next. So for a general audience that knows nothing about catheters and medical procedures, like one with one or two sentences, what is SealCath? SealCath is the 
I guess the manufacturer of a double balloon colorectal catheter. So basically it's a catheter that goes in the rectum um, that allows the, the clinician or the end user to uh, instill fluid or air into the colon. And so as a patient or as a, it sounds like this had a, originally a pediatric application, um, as a patient or a parent of, of a child, like why do I care? Well, I mean, some of the good results here is that this is the, this procedure itself is an emergency procedure. So basically um, time is of essence to get this kid reduced. If, if we can't reduce it with the procedure that we do in radiology, then the patient goes to surgery and have a, a surgical um, uh, re- reduction, which means they would have to actually have the bowel, the bowel cut and maybe the abdomen cut um, and then reduce it that way. Um, and that takes longer because anytime you go from ER to surgery, um, you actually have more time to where you have to get everything ready. You have to get a team, the OR team together. You have to get all this. So this is more time the kids sitting in the ER. So it's, it's of essence for radiology to be able to perform these procedures um, so that the kid can uh, get reduced and, and cut down the uh, risk of having um, any type of bowel injury to where they would need surgery, bowel surgery later. So I guess that's even, maybe I'll ask a stupid question. Why would a kid even need the procedure to begin with? Like, how do they end up in the ER? I guess let's let's even like back that up that far. Right. Well, the condition is called intersusception. So intersusception is a condition that the kids get where the bowel telescopes upon itself. And when the bowel telescopes, it, it obstructs. And all the bowel that's telescoped upon itself, um, the blood supply to it is cut off. So the longer we wait, the worse it gets for the kid as far as that end of the bowel that's telescoped that doesn't have blood supply actually can start dying. And if we don't get blood, so if we don't get it reduced to where we can get blood supply back to it, um, then they would definitely have to have surgery again later and have that section removed. Ooh, so we're talking about one, probably an incredibly painful experience for the child and two, long-term, potential long-term damage, if not rectified, obviously not having your product makes it a much safer, easier, more efficient experience for everyone involved. So let's talk about the actual product a bit. So you you, you kind of had this aha moment of looking for a better solution. And I think just like most founders are like, crap, it doesn't exist. I want to now actually try and figure out how to solve this. And so let's let's dive into that part of it of just how did you start kind of going down that path of I think there's a better way to do this? Absolutely. So so basically, um, right after I found out that there wasn't anything, I knew that in order for this to work, we would need a product that is going to seal. And my thought was that we needed something that will seal from the inside and from the outside. So that's where I came up with the two balloons. So... I designed the balloon where the proximal balloon, which is the balloon farther that's going to be on the outside. So the outside balloon had to be a certain shape in order for it to seal properly. Um, It couldn't be too spherical shape because it would never seal. It'll seal inside, but it won't seal outside. So we still won't get what we need. Um, So when, when, when I started thinking about that, I went into and I looked at several MR images of, of a child and of a doubt and I did all the measurements and, 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 you know, the degrees of shapes and everything that I could find anatomically. And then I took all of that and took it into the lab and created different shapes of balloons. Um, and, I, and, and then after that, we did an a animal study. And doing an animal study, we did a pilot study first, which was a very small 
number of animals. And um, we've identified which shape would work the best as far as creating the seal. And that was the first aha moment right there when we've created that seal with that animal and we didn't get any leak and we got good bowel distension. And I was like, yes, this is the, this is it. And, uh, and then after that, we were able to go to a, uh, a manufacturer and, and, and get that, that, uh, prototype made of that product. Um, so then after we had the prototype, then we had to go back and do another animal study, um, which we had to collect all the data for the FDA. And that one, um, we, we were able to do a large, large scale study and we got great results from that. And doing that study, we compared our product, um, the Cephas catheter with the uh, single balloon catheter and identified how long we could sustain a distended bowel um, without leakage. Um, and we compared it to, and we got excellent data that shows that ours were more of a three to one sustainability of uh, holding the, the air in than the uh, single balloon. So great results. We got all that results. We turned it in the FDA. Um, our product was classified as a class one because it was non-sterile. Um, so once we got all that data, we were able to uh, go to go to market after that point. So you're you're a clinician every day, correct? Yes. Okay. So I think that's that's actually really an important thing to point out here is that you're not you're not in a research lab directly every day. You know, you are with patients on the floor. Right. You know, hands on and decided to kind of take this leap into actual entre- an entrepreneurial pursuit. So what motivated that? Aside from just it was it you just really wanted to provide a better level of care to your patients? Was it just this itch to, you know, build something outside of your everyday practice? I mean, like what? Like why? Why? I mean, I know that the problem existed, but that doesn't mean somebody's motivated to actually go solve it. Yeah. Well, my, my motivation was first out of a frustration and out of care for my patients. Uh, you know, um, I wanted the medicine because I care and I always wanted the best for my patients. So um, when I figured out that this product wasn't working and that it was almost causing us to where we could have problems down the road with these kids not getting reduced in time, um, I took it upon myself to say there's something better and I'm going to make sure it comes out. Um, so at that point, um, I, I wasn't even thinking about entrepreneurship at all. My, my whole thought was getting a product that's going to work to where I know it'll be beneficial to my patients and to anyone else that needs to use it in, in the future. Um, so, you know, pushing it to that point, uh, once we got on the market, um, I, I, I found out that I couldn't do both. Um, I, couldn't, I couldn't continue to focus on the product and focus on clinic. And... I've been in clinic for 28 years and I was like, okay, I've, I've done enough in the clinic. I think it's time for me to step back and look at the big picture of, of moving my product forward to where it can be beneficial to patients around the world and not just patients in the, in the confined area that we had it in so far. So that's when we looked at, uh, at scaling the product. And I said, in order for me to scale my company in order to get the product to everyone, I'm going to have to be more focused on the product. So that's when I, I stepped back and, and, and retired from clinic and now I'm running uh, SealCat full time. And at this point, we are now in the process of looking to scale. Um, and how we're going to do that is basically we're coming out with a, a new product, which is a second generation. It's all silicon based. So it's, it's non-allergenic. 
and it's accessible to all patients now, whereas before we had limitations with the latex because of allergies. Um, half of the children couldn't use it, and then we have some adults with allergies that couldn't use it. And then there are some facilities that's now considered latex-free. So we had a lot of limitations with our, our first product, but we wanted that first product to make sure that we had a, a need for it and that people would use it. And now that we know that they would use it, now we're coming out with the uh, the silicon version, which is going to be available to everyone. And that should be out in fourth quarter of this year. So with so many years, you know, as, as a clinician, I would assume you've had maybe a lot of help along the way making that transition from, I know how to interact with a patient every day to now I'm looking at term sheets. Let's, who's, who's sort of been a part of that journey with you? Wow. Well, that, that's a long journey. I had, there was a few guys I, 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 I met through SCORE and through SCRA and these mentors uh, has been very instrumental in and helping me to convert from a medical person to a business person. Um, as far as term sheets, I didn't know what term sheets were um, <laughs> until I until I met these guys and started saying, "Hey, I needed to look at at doing something different and, and running my company to where I can develop into a, a well organized company." And these guys came together and they showed me how to do financial um, forecasts. They showed me how to do term sheets. Um, and, you know, just day-to-day business operations. So I, I'm very grateful for all the mentors that I got from SCORE and from uh, SCRA um, as far as helping me in that in that care. Well, you even, correct me if I'm wrong, you, know, you even, just when you had the initial idea, did you go to the, the, the MUSC Research Foundation? Like, yes, yes, when, yes, yes. All, all faculty members, uh, all workers at MUSC has to go through FRD, which is a foundation for research and development. And uh, basically, they look at the product and said that uh, it was patentable and that um, we could get an IP on it. So at that point, um, they contacted their lawyer and started the patent application. Um, and then, you know, basically what, what FRD does is they, they get all the information or package together, and then they present all that to the uh, inventor, and then the inventor has to come up with uh, payment for all the costs. <laughs> So, well, so let's let, let's talk about the funding. That's a great like I was head I was heading there at some point. You've already opened up that door. How have you paid for this? Because I mean, I even like I have a I'll, maybe even more empathy for my any of my medical device or, or life science businesses because you all have such a higher threshold for good and bad, right? Like we don't need a product on the market that's you know faulty. Exactly. Um, but you all have such a, a threshold. I mean, I think your you all's life cycles are usually a good eight to 12 years before your profit, just because the level of testing and the, and the immense amount of funding that you need, like, what has that been like? It's been a rough ride. Um, basically how we started off with is, uh, I started using some of my retirement money and a few other things to get it started. Um, I got a few grants. Uh, I, I did pitches all over the place. I went to Georgia tag, did pitches. I got money there. Um, SCRA, had the SC launch, which I became a client member of, uh, and they had a few grants that I was able to acquire there. Uh, and then I applied for an NIH grant um, in order to uh, complete my large scale study. And that NIH grant we got funded for, and that was a uh, big relief <laughs> as far wow. as getting my uh, clinical study, uh, preclinical study done. Um, and then after that, um, in order to get the other funding, I started going to friends and family. Um, 
and got a, a good bit of friends and some families that I put in and and moved along the way. And then what I couldn't get from the friends and family, I I found a, a second job. I started moonlighting um, um, some afternoons and, and on Saturdays and made money that way to pay for bringing the company to where it is. Wow. So you were all in and turning over every little rock you could find a dime. Well, let's let's talk about that Georgia Tech pitch experience because that was your first one, correct? Yes, that was my first one. And uh, my wife and I drove up the night before and uh, we stayed with one of our cousins. And and uh, the, the day of the pitch, I, I told my wife, I said, you know, I think I'm going to drive by myself. I'm not going to, I'm going to let you hang out with the cousins and I'll just go do this pitch and come back. Um, very nervous. Um, never did a pitch before. Didn't know what to expect. Um, walked into Georgia Tech, which is, you know, mind boggling by itself. It's such a huge campus. And I walked on and, uh, you know, they had great, they had signs everywhere to tell you exactly where to go. So no one got lost, but I got into the building and then there is people, um, from every part, every state within the United States that were there. And, uh, you know, the, the more I sat there and just looked at everybody, I got, I got more nervous <laughs> waiting. And uh, and then my time came up to where I needed to talk. And I got up there and I, I gave my spill and uh, everybody applauded. And I was like, wow, man, maybe I did a good job. And, <laughs> and, and, and then, you know, I listened to some of the other people and, and you know, they were a little bit more advanced than I was. Um, they already had these nice PowerPoint presentations where drawings of their products and all this. And all I had was a CAD file. And I was like, man, this is bad. I'm not going to get anything. <laughs> and, and then and then at the end, um, they were going to give, I think it was four $50,000 prizes. And then they decided to split all the prizes up into 10,000 prizes uh, and then gave it to a lot of us. So I luckily got one of the uh, $10,000 prizes, which was, uh, that was a pick me up right there uh, and got me to where I started gearing up for more uh, pitches down the road. So, uh, you know, that got me started and I just got the energy after that. And I, you know, nerve once went away after I got the first win. And uh, that was the drive that kept me going um, as far as knowing that I could, you know, do more pitches and, and, and uh, hopefully get some more grants. So after that, I ended up doing two or three more pitches and, and, and getting more funding that way as well. Well, yeah, because I think my I, I've, I've been familiar following you from afar, your business, because I, I believe you're also part of our three phase, the state's three phase. I've seen you on lots of reports uh, as, as, as a close collaborator of theirs. But I, actually seeing you in person, I think, was at Dig South last year. Is that right? Yes, that's correct. How is that? Because that's a big stage. That was a big stage, but like like I said, by then I'm very comfortable doing it. This is five years, six years into uh, pitching, so very comfortable with that one. Um, we got up on the stage. Um, actually, I had my wife with me this time because I'm not nervous anymore. So my <laughs> wife came up on stage with me, <laughs> and we had a good time. and And we, you know, we pitched and we 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 had a nice pitch to where we we got all the uh, audience involved and and we gave a little bit of jokes in between the pitch. And we end up winning that pitch, um, which was a ten thousand dollar prize um, of getting um, it was um, basically cloud space for the company, which we needed for uh, for all of our QMS, our quality maintenance system for for our company, in order for the FDA to be able to regulate us. So uh, it, it actually benefited us, and uh, it was a big stage, and um, we're excited that we won. Um, 
you know, all of the guys there were pretty good. And we, you know, when I sat down, I was like, wow, this competition is pretty tough. And, uh, and my wife looked at me and my wife said, um, yeah, but I think, um, I think you really got the crowd on this one. And I was like, <laughs> we'll see what happened. And then, uh, you know, when we sat down and then they called us back up and said we won. I was like, wow. Cause I, I was kind of shocked, um, because I, it could have gone anyway, but I, I was happy to be the one to be chosen as a winner. Yeah. And that's a, that's a, that, that is not a Georgia tech stage where it's, you know, hyper technical and that this is more, that's why I kudos to you that you were able to present what you're doing to a very general audience like that. And it be well received. So I actually, I, I forgot that your wife has been involved. Like how has that been? Like, you know, at one point did she maybe get more involved and let's just, let's, it's, it, I find it fascinating. This has actually been a happy accident. I feel like with a lot of it, we're almost four and a half years into this sort of storytelling uh, under the scribble umbrella. And I'm always still shocked by how much family has played a role with these businesses. And so, you know, let's talk about that some, like how, how has it been doing this with your wife? Well, it's been great. You know, I met my wife at work. Uh, <laughs> we were, we were in college at the time and we worked at medical university part-time and we met that way. And uh, that's when we started dating. So we've always met at work. <laughs> so it's always been a, a nice equal thing to, to have. Um, doing doing Sealcat um, is great. Um, she's been always there. Um, whenever I needed something, she was always there to give me that extra push. If I, if I had something to where I got some bad news, uh, my wife was always there to pump me up and tell me, oh, just don't worry about that. It's going to get better. We can just do this, do this, and do this. She was always have the positive way of tweaking things to make it work. So very beneficial. She's been in the uh, military now for 37 years, uh, Air Force Reserve. So she's uh, she's used to getting all of those ups and down messages. So um, she she knows how to handle it well, where, you know, in medicine, usually you don't want to you don't want to be the receiver of bad news. You want to, you sometimes have to give bad news, but you don't always want to be the receiver. <laughs> so it's, it's been good to have her there because she can tell me, Oh, I, I hear about that all the time. Don't worry about it. We'll be fine. Um, but she's, she's, uh, she's got a healthcare administration de- degree. So she's been basically helping me, um, with all the business structure of the company. Um, she does all of the, uh, the, the financial booking and all that right now. So I don't have to worry about that and keeps me focused on, on running a business and get, getting the uh, clients that we need. So what's your, I mean, I feel like, again, like you've been really fortunate and, and smart and you're the fact that you're out in your products out and being used in like lightning speed, uh, especially for a medical device like you are. Um, what's your, what's your end goal with, with SealCath? Well, SealCath, you know, uh, our end goal is to make sure that it gets in the right hand of the patients. Uh, you know, everybody said, you know, I always got to think about an exit plan. But, I, uh, you know, my exit plan would be more of, you know, three to five years of when the patient has the product in the hand, the second generation. So I would look at maybe three to five years from the time the silicon is on the market. And that will start our, 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 our exit planning at that point. Um, but my goal is not to look at timing as far as years, but to look at um, the quality of the care that it's giving and that it gets into the hands of all the end users so that the patient can benefit the way it should be benefited. So uh, is there anyone you're kind of like keeping your eye on as like, oh, my seal cath would be the perfect 
acquisition for X. Is that even like on your mind right now? Are you still just, I want this to be with the patient right now? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we are, you know, you have to keep those kind of things in the back of your mind as far as the business goes. Um, So yeah, there's a, there's some companies that, you know, we've been looking at, you know, Bard is actually making a latex version. So Bard's always been involved. Um, And Bard is, uh, they've been bought out by BD Medical. So BD is one of the largest uh, medical device company in the world. Um, so they they are familiar with our product and they're familiar with me. Um, so that's, you know, that's something that could happen down the road. And, you know, there's there's um, some other companies like uh, Merit, uh, Medical, um, Boston Scientific, um, Cook Medical. There's a few of them there that's, you know, that's on the radar that we're going to start reaching out to once we uh, get the traction that we want in the market. So I know you've already talked about a next generation with the whole latex uh, option. Um, but like, what's, you know, I, I feel like this is sort of a, a a milestone that businesses, not just like yours, but really any startup is, you know, you sort of evolve from, we're not just a product, but truly a company that's offering a service or ongoing life cycle of products. Like what is next in that life cycle for you? Well, as far as SealCath go itself, um, this will be the only product for SealCath. Um, um, we'll we'll have different sizes that'll that'll treat different applications, um, but the product itself is going to stay just like it is. Um, you know, SealCath um, has the uh, you know it's the only double balloon colorectal catheter that's on the market, so we have that you know that brand. Um, so what we're trying to do now is just look at different applications that we can use it with and try to expand the market that way. Um, down the road, um, we are going to come out with new products, but it'll be under a different company name. Because I, I would strike it as just given your experience that you now officially have the entrepreneurial bug. And so regardless of what happens with SealCath, do you think you'll stay down this road? Of are, I guess, are you now what we call a serial entrepreneur? Would you consider yourself that's who you're becoming now? Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, next year, we're going to come out with a new company with a new product. So um, look forward to that. Um, don't have a name yet. Well, it's still pretty fresh, but um, we'll have a uh, another medical device that we'll start working on next year. Do you even want to tease what that is, or you just want to keep it to yourself? It it will be in the uh, interventional radiology field. Uh, for somebody that doesn't know what you just said, what is that? Um, it's it's uh, radiology, <laughs> but it's uh, it's basically radi- radiology that does uh, a little bit more procedures than general radiology. Um, so more on the surgical base, um, it'll be used with uh, radiologists and with um, surgeons. Um, and basically, it'll be a device that'll help with a patient um, improving their feeding capability. And so I'll just kind of give you a chance. Is there anything, you know, related to the business, not related to the business, you know, anything you want to add to, you know, your episode here? Um, so Silcath itself... Um, you know, we started in 2013 and it took us, you know, five and a half years to get to market. Um, and, you know, because of the pandemic, uh, it slowed down everything, which happened with every company. Um, but, you know, even during, uh, corona, during the coronavirus, we were able to uh, still sustain it and, and, and make revenue, which was pretty good. Um, and then after the, uh, in 2021, we actually doubled our revenue from 2020. And then this year, it looks like we're doubling it again. So we are making good progress, um, even with all the limitation with our, with our latex version. And um, definitely, we're looking forward to uh, the silicon 
Um, for all those radiologists out there that that may be listening to this podcast, uh, Silcath has this product that's going to make your life so much better. So uh, definitely keep an eye on us and look for us. Uh, we're, we're available on LinkedIn, Facebook, and and our website is www.silcat.com. You know, I, I really thank you for taking the time with us this morning. You know, I will make my own corny joke here is that we're really fortunate to have somebody like you that's gotten to the bottom of of this. Uh, <laughs> if you haven't already heard that joke, but we will certainly be watching you and how this all progresses for you. We wish you sort of the best of luck. Thank you very much, Laura. Okay, thank you for listening to Becoming the Origin Story. I'm the host of Of Note, Joseph Nother, uh, and I want a special thanks to Laura McIntosh for hosting this miniseries uh, with these founders and entrepreneurs. Original music is by Matt Honkinen. We are produced and edited by Hunter Foster. And additional thanks to Robin Hendricks with SC Commerce. <laughs>